At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. It is November 7th, 2023, and here we go, NXT. I think, I'm, I think it's just me tonight. Welcome to the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Uh, Issa is out for a couple days. I am holding it down. Maybe I have a co-host showing up. Who knows? Life is a mystery. Everyone must stand alone. And that includes myself, Glenn Rubenstein, here tonight hanging out with the chat, talking about NXT. We had some big news today in the world of NXT, which is why it's critical that we do this show tonight. So I'm going to be recapping the show, talking about the news, taking your cues, giving my A's, and hanging out with the chat tonight. It's going to be different. You know, I've been doing this podcast now for seven years, seven complete years, entering uh, well into my eighth year. And uh, yeah, I think this is the first time I've ever done it alone. This is kind of exciting, kind of scary. Bear with me. Let's try and have a good time. And it is good to see you all. Thanks, everyone, for hanging out tonight. Baby Ice, Alicia A., Ricky Zaldivar, Killer of Demons, Corey Pride, Mike Rouse, the Professor and Marianne here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. So let's talk about the huge news, which is WWE has announced a brand-new broadcast home for NXT in... September of 2024, NXT is going to the CW network, broadcast television. WWE is touting that they have gotten a huge rights increase. People are speculating it's a neighborhood of 30 to $37 million a year. Big increase in the rights. I think they're getting 15 to 20 now from the USA network. Of course, USA spent their entire wrestling budget luring SmackDown away from Fox, bringing that over to the USA network starting uh, the same year. And the C-Dub is going to be the new home to NXT. Tonight we had an overrun, and enjoy that while it lasts, because as you all know, the CW has a hard out at 10 p.m. for local news, which means we're going to get a tight two hours of developmental wrestling on NXT once it comes over to the CW. It's going to be exciting. Um, I posited this question on Twitter, and I'm curious to get your thoughts. On SmackDown, if you want to watch that live, on the East Coast and your West Coast viewer, you can watch that on the Fox Sports app. If you have the USA Network, many cable providers, including DirecTV, offer the East Coast feed to West Coast subscribers. Same with AEW for uh, all of its programming on TNT and TBS. My question is, what is this going to mean for NXT ratings if fans on the West Coast don't want to wait for that rebroadcast and resort to less than legal means to watch NXT. I know for one, because I cover it and because I'm a huge NXT fan, I don't want to wait until eight o'clock West coast time. I want to watch this at 5 PM West coast time, 8 PM Eastern and check out what's going on on my favorite wrestling promotion, NXT. It'll be interesting to see what happens 
with the ratings there. Um, I would love to get thoughts and I love the jokes people are making. Hopefully baby, I saying, hopefully we get Dawson's Creek reruns after NXT David coffee, private party of five. Uh, you know, maybe uh, Buffy will be the new NXT women's champion. They'll take it back old school to the CW back when it was the WWWB and then the UPN that merged together. Maybe we'll see a reboot of the secret diary of Desmond Pfeiffer. Who knows? Anything can happen. Life is unpredictable. But I'm excited about this. This is big for NXT, and it shows that what they've done with stacking NXT week in and week out with main roster talent has really paid off in boosting the ratings uh, to the point where CW is paying quite a premium over what USA Network was paying for the show. And I think it's exciting. I think NXT deserves the largest audience possible. Um, And I think that it's going to be interesting to see you know, USA can't bury the show for its last year because they do need to keep that relationship with WWE due to SmackDown. Uh, WWE stock slightly up after hours. We'll see what happens tomorrow. We know that uh, WWE stock after the SmackDown deal was announced with USA. WWE stock actually uh, through TKO, its new symbol, I actually took a bit of a hit. So this is going to be very, very interesting to see what happens. Additionally, as Gary Nails is pointing out, it had been rumored uh, that Billy Corgan's NWA, which is really funny if you think about that musically, the dude from Smashing Pumpkins, his NWA, but his wrestling promotion, the National Wrestling Alliance, it was rumored uh, that they were going to be working with the CW and perhaps a recent spot they did that featured drugs cost them that deal. Of course, this is all gossip. But the real uh, hard news story, as reported on the Wrestling Inc. website, is that WWE has made it official with the CW. So we'll see what happens, man. Uh, I think this is very, very, very exciting. Uh, Let's also talk about another news story. I want to give congratulations to Road Dog of course, who works in WWE and said today marks 13 years that he's been clean of drugs and alcohol. My life is hundred percent better. I've learned to look inward and make course corrections and improvements as I go. I ain't perfect, but he is I believe point up when you say the he capital H capital E. I'll continue to listen to that still small voice. Thank you, God. Uh, congratulations road dog on 13 years of sobriety. That's a hell of an achievement and uh, glad you are doing well. So Let's talk a little bit about NXT tonight. So this was a very, very interesting show uh, in that we have deadline coming up a month from now. And this was the start of a build. There was a lot of very good wrestling on NXT tonight. I actually felt like we got some big story moments. We saw a Joe Gacy promo that teased what's going on with him. We got some major developments in the world of Chase U as JC Jane intercepted a letter meant for Andre Chase uh, delivered by the D'Angelo family, which it's nice to see it's growing and expanding. Uh, And then, of course, at the end of the show, we had further developments with Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams complicated by one Lexus King getting involved. So deadline a month away, we've got all these iron survivor qualifying matches going on. We had Mick Foley coming back tonight. We have legends coming back to announce these different matchups and uh, it's exciting. It's it's truly a new era in NXT as we're going to see this build towards deadline, this build into 2024 
Um, you know, we heard from Lyra Valkyria, our new women's champion, and got a taste of what's to come in her storyline. We saw a lot of things happen. I think it's a bit of a slow start, but a start nonetheless. And of course, you know, it might be like when you turn on that, that gas range, you know, it takes a little while for things to simmer and then boil. So let's talk about tonight. We had a banger of a match tonight opening the show. Noam Dar versus Akira Tozawa. Noam Dar defending his NXT Heritage Cup. Now, with the rules of this match and the points and the ties, this match lasted 25 minutes. Uh, it was actually very interesting. It started, of course, at 0-0. Zero to zero, Then Dar scored the first point. Um, and uh, then at the end of round three, it was still Dar in the lead. Tozawa tied in round four. And in round five, Dar got his second point and won. And uh, leading to Oro Mensa getting in Akira Tozawa's face. Maxine Dupree was there with Chad Gable and Otis. Uh, cheering on Tozawa and having his back. It was a very interesting match. And I'm curious for everyone in the chat tonight, did you pop for Otis and Gable and Maxine Dupree returning to NXT? It seemed like the crowd was really into it. And, you know, I don't watch Raw. I do like to take my Mondays off. Last night, uh, I watched the original Iron Man again. I've been listening to a really good audiobook about the history of the MCU. It's like 16 hours long. And I was sitting down last night and I said, you know, hearing the stories about Iron Man, they didn't have a script. Timothy Elephant was almost Tony Stark. Um, they had to extensively redo the third act. I said, you know what? I want to watch the first Iron Man all over again. Watched it. It was very nice. Just take a little break from wrestling and enjoy that. And then we were flipping channels on cable and say anything was on. So we ended up watching that. But, and I'm excited for the Marvels this weekend. Big, big post credit scene that's supposed to tie in some legacy Marvel characters making their first appearance in the MCU. But so last night I did not watch Raw, but I'll tell you, Otis seems over as ever. Gable, I think the shush thing is silly, better than Shorty G, but it's nice to see that he's got a gimmick that's over. I mean, I think people forget, well, certainly the NXT audience remembers, Chad Gable is like one of the best technical wrestlers in the entire world. Well, they did set up war games last night. Uh, you know, look, here's now my thing about war games. Is it the bloodline versus judgment day? Because if not, anything else is a disappointment. You can't get me interested in anything else. But um, this match tonight, I think was good. No Dar and the metaphor, a delight as always. And uh, I'm getting the DMs rolling in, by the way, because before I went on the air, I, I DM'd some other wrestling and coasts and was like, hey, are you around? Because I'm going to do this by myself for the first time in seven years and no one is coming to save me it's just me myself and my microphone and you the audience tuning in so uh i really like this opening match this was some good hard-hitting wrestling action and it set the stage for gable and otis and maxine dupree uh maxine dupree and otis great pairing had a lot of chemistry we went from that segment to lira valkyria talking about meeting and defeating her hero, Becky Lynch, and she was interrupted by Zia Lee. So this is really interesting because uh, from what I understand, Zia and Becky Lynch had an interaction in the number one contenders women's world championship battle royal last night on Raw. And so having Zia Lee be Lyra's first 
challenger, I think it's going to be quite good. I think she's going to put good competition uh, up. I think it's going to be a hell of a match. And it's going to be really exciting. I think Lyra, though, I'm curious what everyone else thought of her promo. I think she did okay on the mic tonight, but she does not quite have the gravitas, as it were, that we have seen with some NXT women's champions. I think she'll grow into it. And it does, it is sort of a reminder that NXT is still a developmental territory. But I think that this feud with ZLE should give her something. Uh, to further develop her character. It's interesting, Corey Pride saying Roxanne Perez should still be champ. I feel like with the NXT Women's Division, since Mandy Rose left, I feel like they've literally been just trying out champions and saying, okay, we're going to try this for a little bit, and if it works, we'll keep you as champion, and if not, we'll give it to someone else. But sooner rather than later, they're going to find the women's champion that's that's just right for the NXT brand and figure out uh, who's going to be able to hold that title for a very long time. Um, interesting, though, after two weeks that we did not see Jade Cargill on NXT last week or this week. So I think Jade perhaps not debuting in NXT. I think we can, uh, this is a safe bet. JC Collins saying that uh, she thinks Leora did great tonight. I thought it was good. I'm just saying this wasn't the best promo that I've seen on NXT. But in fairness... NXT has a lot of promos that feel like good for developmental, maybe sometimes great for developmental, but I think we've been spoiled that sometimes we have these champions or characters that you're able to come out and knock it out of the park, you know? So, uh, after that, Tiffany Stratton made her way down to the ring and we saw backstage Alpha Academy running into Drew Gulak, Charlie Dempsey, Damon Kemp, and Miles Bourne that would set up a match for later tonight between Gulak and Otis. Um, then Tiffany Stratton took on Fallon Henley in a qualifier match for the women's iron survivor challenge. It's funny. Here's my rhythm. I was just about to say, what did you think of the match? Actually, we could do this as sort of audience participation. Wrestling Inc. audience, you are my virtual co-host for tonight. Um, I'm going to be silent. You give your opinion and it'll be like you are hosting the show with me. Uh, Audience, my virtual co-host, what did you think of the match of Fallon Henley versus Tiffany Stratton? Yeah, it's a valid point. I think that's good. I mean, do you think Fallon perhaps should have won? I see your argument. I understand what you're saying. Um, I think that, you know, Fallon has definitely improved and she put on a good match with Tiffany Stratton tonight. Uh, But I think with Tiffany Stratton, even though she's not the women's champion anymore, they still are very high on her and are giving her these opportunities. Um, so, you know, and she could very well win that Iron Survivor match at deadline. I wouldn't be surprised, but I enjoyed this match tonight. Of course, she went with the prettiest moonsault and it was good. Uh, we went backstage. We saw Wes Lee <laughs> excited to be back. He had a list of the people that he wanted, to, uh, that he wants to wrestle. And I liked Baron Corbin. I enjoyed Baron Corbin being a troll. Uh, speaking of Baron Corbin, the other day, I do a podcast with Raj Geary and Matt Morgan called Gigantic Pop, available on YouTube. And Raj Geary had never seen Jean-Claude Van Damme in Bloodsport before. So Raj had tweeted that out and said, we're going to talk about Gigantic Pop. And Baron Corbin, the lone wolf himself, Mr. Burn the Ships, 
said, wait, wait, hold up a minute. You've never seen Bloodsport? I know, embarrassing. He used to like own a wrestling site, this very site about combat sports. Perhaps that's why he sold it, because he was so ashamed and felt unqualified, because he'd never seen Bloodsport. But check out Gigantic Pop to learn more about what he thought about the film. And uh, we talk about that and a lot more. But uh, Wesley and Baron Corbin, Baron Corbin trolling Wesley, being like, oh, you're back. No one's excited. Um, I really like that. I think uh, Baron Corbin being Buzzkill Corbin. That's good. Somebody write that down. Somebody trademark that. Somebody send that to Shawn Michaels. He has me uh, blocked on Twitter along with William Shatner. Long story. Uh, Buzzkill Corbin. I think that's that's his new, forget bum-ass Corbin. Buzzkill Corbin is where it's at. I'm really liking this character that uh, he's portraying currently. So that was fun. It was very, very fun. Thanks to him and Wesley. And then we had Braun Breaker versus Von Wagner, which I got to be honest, this felt kind of buried within the show, right? But given the match that Baron and Braun had before, how rough and how physical it was, they've had some main event matches. They've really been given the spotlight and showcase. Um, this was there. I know it was uh, near an hour break, I believe, but it just kind of felt thrown in there that after Mr. Stone defended Vaughn's honor and challenged Braun Breaker at the second night of Halloween Havoc, uh, having Braun and Von Wagner face off again, I thought was kind of a repetitive choice, but I understand where they're going with the storyline. It's interesting, though, what they did in the finish. And if you want to understand WWE booking, especially um, NXT booking, look at what they did with the final of this, where Braun Breaker beat Von Wagner so Braun looks strong. Aha! But then Mr. Stone hit Braun Breaker, distracting him, allowing Von Wagner to pick him up and powerbomb him through the announce desk. So everybody looked strong at the end of this match. And that is WWE in a nutshell. They don't want to pick winners. They don't want to pick losers. Everyone's a winner. Everyone gets a participation trophy. Everyone looks strong. That's often what NXT does with talent that they're so invested in and they want to build up so much that it's not that they always have to win. They're afraid to have them look lesser because they need to keep their streak, their power, their momentum. So I thought that was an interesting choice for how they dealt with this tonight. Um, but it makes sense. But I think they need to move on from this feud. I think Von Wagner had a lot of momentum. They gave him this story that whether you love it or you hate it or you're just lukewarm on it, which I kind of am, they're giving him character development. I think his bond with Mr. Stone has actually gotten a lot stronger, which has been very interesting. But with Braun Breaker, I mean, I said before, he's starting to feel like a fifth-year senior. Uh, now he's feeling like a seventh-year senior. Like, dude, when are you going to graduate? Um, Alicia A saying, I feel like Braun's really went backwards from where he was at one point. Braun was like the hottest dude in NXT. Everyone was like, oh, he's destined for the main roster. He's destined for WrestleMania. As Corey Pride is saying, uh, Braun needs to be on the main roster by the Royal Rumble. I agree. Like, this is just getting weird at this point. In fact, I think it hurts the Lexus Kings of the world. If you've got uh, your former star quarterback repeating, uh, you know, remedial English for the fifth time, and you bring in the new hotshot Lexus King, like let Braun go on to, to, to greener pastures, man, let him go on to the main roster. They got to do something here because it's just getting a little repetitive. What is left for him to do in NXT, except maybe beat up HBK. I don't know. He did, you know, they did crash. Uh, we've, we've seen, uh, you know, him get very physical in the other things he's done in NXT. So, I think it's time for him to uh, to get out of here and go to the main roster, as Ricky Zaldivar agrees. 
So, uh, Lola Vice and Electra Lopez took on Roxanne Perez and Kalani Jordan. Now, of course, uh, Lola Vice won the NXT breakout tournament. It was great to see her tonight. She's looking like a million bucks. But it's interesting that she has that breakout contract, right? Which should be advancing her as a single star. And yet she's in this tag match. And then Roxanne Perez and Kalani Jordan... Um, you know, as a makeshift tag team, I think they were fine. I actually think what what stole the show in this match um, was Ariana Grace as Miss NXT, which I actually really love that character. It's super cheesy. It, it seems older than old school that she's coming out wearing the sash and the crown. She's taking an announcer job. She's congratulating people saying everyone's a winner. But then, of course, uh, the big setup at the end of this was that Ariana Grace, Miss NXT, got uh clocked from behind by carmen petrovich um so i think that this was yeah this was uh fun this was a fun fun match and a fun finish and ariana grace has a fun gimmick so that was good we got a cryptic message from joe gacy joe gacy who i might be related to because his shoot last name is a variation of mine maybe that's oh maybe that was his cryptic promo he's going to reveal that no probably not that but um it's being cryptic He's getting a bit of a reboot. I think what we all want to know, though, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. What's going on with Ava Rain? Because maybe they're repackaging her. Maybe they're giving her a chance to develop a little more before she starts competing in singles competition in the women's division. But I think Ava Rain, I mean, given her, her lineage, her heritage, where she comes from, clearly they're very invested in her. I think she's got a lot of potential. I think she was really fun in uh, the schism. So we'll see what this means for Gacy. I'd like him to go back to his original character, which was so obnoxious. It was entertaining. But yeah, we'll see. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So, yeah, that's baby icing. She's headed to the bloodline for WrestleMania season. Look, I get it wrong a lot with my predictions. But it's fun to speculate. This is part of being a comic book fan. This is part of being a wrestling fan. Marvel literally, literally had a series called What If? And the idea is you want to think about what if this happened? What if this happened? And look, I know you all give me a lot of credit because at one time I predicted that Charlotte was going to take the title off Asuka to make the WrestleMania three-way between Becky, Ronda, and Charlotte B for SmackDown and Raw Women's titles. And you all were like, oh my God, Glenn's a genius. And thank you for that. I appreciate it. But the beautiful thing about about uh about uh making wild predictions about the future is you're right maybe one out of ten times but that's all they remember and you can delete all the tweets where you were wrong that's also key if you want to look like a genius make crazy predictions just delete the tweets where you're wrong but uh no i thought we were gonna have i was wrong because i thought ava rain would join the bloodline and then we have bloodline versus judgment day so ava could go toe-to-toe with rhea ripley that ain't happening so we'll see uh it's interesting jc Joycey Collins, pardon me, Joycey, saying she needs to be on her own and not go to the bloodline. We'll see. Sometimes there's strength in numbers. Um, but we had Otis with Alpha Academy versus Drew Gulak with Charlie Dempsey, Damon Kemp, and Miles Bourne. And this was a fun match. 
Everybody loves Otis and the Caterpillar. It's like Scotty Too Hottie. Which is weird. Isn't that weird that that's like a nostalgia thing now? That was like 21, 22 years ago. That's kind of crazy to think about. Scotty Too Hottie and the Worm was so long ago. Uh, but Otis, you know, this was a fun match. Otis can actually wrestle. It's just, it's unfortunate that they've... Well, I mean, he's had some unfortunate gimmicks. What he's doing now is better. It works. People like it. It's fine. Uh, I mean, the worst was when he had the Money in the Bank briefcase and he had a ham sandwich in it and the Miz like, took him to court to win the Money in the Bank briefcase. That was just dumb. Uh, Mandy Rose storyline, though, was gold and it seems like he's doing well with Alpha Academy. So after he won, speaking of silly, Alpha Academy had a dance party in the ring. Does anyone remember American Alpha? Remember how cool American Alpha was? Jason Jordan and Chad Gable, Ready, Willing, and Gable. They ruled NXT. Remember the great match they put on with the Revival? Fantastic. And now Chad Gable saying shush, shush. It's it's fine. Good for them. They're still on the roster. They've survived rounds of cuts. Chad Gable can still wrestle better than most wrestlers. Otis is fun. It was good. Um, so oh, this was this was the big moment. We went to Chase University where representatives of the family, including a female member of the family, that we saw for the first time. Uh, handed an envelope, said, hey, this is for Andre Chase and J.C. Jane, you lovable scamp. Opened the envelope, looked inside, was shocked. You could see her shocked face. She was like, what? And uh, there's some dirt now. We kind of know like what that, you know, we're building up to reveal about what was going on with that meeting with Chase U and the family before their match uh, where Chase U won those tag titles. So Andre Chase comes in, snatches the envelope from J.C. Jane's hand. Duke Hudson and Thea Hale walk in, ask what was going on. Jane changes the subject quickly and uh, informed Hudson that he and Andre Chase will be defending those NXT Tag Team Championship titles against the family next week. Chase then dismissed the rest of the class. Hudson left with Hale. Jane followed them. And Chase stood there deeply contemplating something. Yes, Joycey Collins, we better find out. Jo Joycey Collins wants to know what's in it. This better not be like Shane McMahon and Vince McMahon safe all over again. We better find out what's in that envelope. Um, so, but, you know, stay tuned. Uh, Dijak versus Tyler Bate. Oh, my God. This was a hard-hitting bell-to-bell banger tonight. Um, qualifier for the Iron Survivor Challenge. And this was good. I like that they're still giving these guys a push. It's interesting that they've both been in the upper mid-card of NXT. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it was a good match. They really showed what they could do. I think it's interesting that the Dijak won and Hard Justice is coming to the Iron Survivor Challenge in the men's match. So this was a really good match. This was our, our main event match tonight before our actual main event segment that went in the overrun, but it was really good. And uh, I like that Alicia A says her wrong answer for what's in the envelope is the results are you are the father. That would be amazing if Andre Chase is like Thea Hale's father. It actually make a lot of sense. Uh, Baby Ice, though, I think this is what it is. Andre Chase took out a loan to keep Chase U open and he has to pay Tony D back now. And perhaps that's why he's getting the rematch. Oh, yes, and as G Nails uh, is pointing out, the Brawling Brutes had a vignette talking about walking the mean streets of Europe in response to Out the Mud. 
um, and saying that, you know, they might be from overseas, but they could still throw down. They're still tough. So this will be an interesting feud that I'm pretty sure out the mode is going to win. But uh, this was a good vignette. I like how the Brawling Brutes kind of go back and forth between the main roster and NXT. Uh, and of course, you know, Pete Dunne, Butch will forever be a favorite in NXT. Um, so let's talk, though, about the real segment that everyone is talking about. By everyone, I mean the NXT and WWE universe. Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams came face to face. Trick Williams talked about being attacked, which kept him out of a championship qualifier a few weeks back. And it's very interesting the way Carmelo Hayes looked at Trick Williams. And Trick was basically asking, hey, were you the one who attacked me? And Carmelo asked a lot of questions. Like, oh, so you, so you didn't see the person, but you saw me after you were attacked. Kind of lawyering him a little bit. It was very interesting. They're, they're going to stretch this out for so long. And then to further add fuel to the potential fire that's going on here, Lexus King, America's sweetheart, America's bad boy. His West Coast popcast is saying he's ready for the CW with that promo. Lexus King came out to suggest maybe he had something to do with it or maybe suggest a trick that, hey, Carmelo had something to do with it. Um, he wanted to have it both ways, but what's very interesting is that Trick Williams got so frustrated with this and then went to hit Lexus King. They kind of screwed up the stage choreography or the camera angle there because it was clear that he hit was it was clear that he was aiming for Carmelo. It was supposed to be that he was aiming for Lexus and missed, but he hit Carmelo. Then Carmelo rejected his hand when Trick tried to, to pick him back up. Lexus King just stood out of the ring, like smiling at the chaos he'd caused. Ultimately, Carmelo did let Trick lift him up. Um, but now we're in this situation where Carmelo and Trick are maybe okay. Maybe Lexus King did it. Quite a cliffhanger to end on. Um, a lot of people I've found, though, and I'm curious what the chat room thinks. I feel like Lexus King has been not polarizing as a character or a concept because people like this idea of Brian Pillman Jr. doing something truly unique and truly, di truly different. I think we're all on the same page with the vignettes and the promos we saw leading up to his debut. But this execution seems to be polarizing people a little bit. Some people really like the way Lexus King is talking, carrying himself in this uh, sort of hotshot, uh, you know, uh, uh, trouble-stirring, devil-may-care attitude he has. I think that it's it's good. But even as Corey Pride is saying, you know, Corey uh, says, I love both Mel and Trick. This is so good. But Lexus King was unnecessary but i was glad to see him I, I feel very conflicted about alexis king like i like again i like the concept but i think the execution so far has just not been as good as it, it could be perhaps you know less equals more i like what he did last week uh, where he was hitting on the reporter backstage and she just couldn't get out of there fast enough i think you know they're finding his character but look this is a guy i mean think about where brian pillman jr was in AEW, like the the, the top of the lower card bottom of the mid card um, and they're bringing him in to the hottest storyline in NXT right now. This because they're bringing him in with uh Mellow and Trick. And as Joycey Collins is saying, I th now think the king has something or he knows something. I mean, perhaps he could have done it, he could know who did it. You know what? I want to know where's NXT Anonymous? Shouldn't they have video of the attack? Shouldn't they? I, I mean, they're probably going to be the ones that reveal the whole thing like in three weeks, right before deadline to set something up. But you know, NXT Anonymous, where are they when you need them? And uh, 
you know, why isn't Scripps uh, with his, you know, voice changer and mask in the shadows, uncovering the truth, trying to bring down NXT? Uh, baby, I saying uh, Lexus King is just starting out. I say stay the course with Lexus. There you go. Uh, oh, Julian Floyd. This is a hot take, hot prediction. Julian Floyd saying, I think Randy Orton might be working NXT and his first match will be Joe Gacy. That would be incredible. West Coast Popcasting, Lexus King, a great Corey Feld equals a great Corey Feldman character. I mean, there's so many. Would Lexus King be Corey Feldman in Friday the 13th, the final chapter? Would he be Corey Feldman as one of the Frog Brothers and the Lost Boys? Would he be Corey Feldman as Mouth and the Goonies? Would he be Corey Feldman uh, from License to Drive, whose character name is escaping me at the moment? Would he be Corey Feldman from Corey and Corey's Angels, his band that's taken America by storm? Now I must know. Everybody chime in with which Corey Feldman character you think Lexus King is. West Coast Popcast is uh, Corey Feldman from The Burbs. There you go. Oh, Baby Ice saying he's Feldman and Dream a Little Dream. Does he have the dance moves, Baby Ice? That's what I want to know. Um, everybody get your questions in because we're, we're, you know, now that I don't have a co-host to ask their opinion of tonight, uh, let me get your questions and your thoughts. Let's, let's take a little time here at the end of our NXT wrap up. Corey pride saying all Corey's are great. That's spoken like a true Corey. Um, Bernie DC is saying, I like that Pillman had to go through some of the talents that are trained enough in new enhancements and really build into that first program. I think, you know, it's got to be a mix of matches and promos, but man, that match he had against Sante Chen was super duper competitive. Um, yeah, we'll see. How, we'll see what happens with that. I think Lexus King, though, I think uh, much like Braun Breaker, I think Lexus King is going to be an NXT champion sooner rather than later. We're clearly very high on him. Okay, pardon me there. So, if anyone has any questions, anything they want to talk about, you know, and I want to just take this moment. Let me let me babyface it up here for a second. Again, this is my first night doing it solo. I appreciate you hanging in. I'm sure some of the comments are just going to be crazy tonight. I know a lot of you, everyone has their favorite host. Some people love Issa. Some people love Flobo. Some people love Jack, Jimmy, Justin. I get it. I know how it is. We all have our favorites. Uh, I've been doing this show seven years now. Can you believe that? Over seven years. I started in the summer of 2016 right before smackdown went to live shows and they did the draft originally i did the podcast with david bixenspan and raj geary and raj geary and matt morgan for a long period of time and uh worked with nick hausman over the years justin labar and then more recently with alfred um alfred kanawa and isa and now isa and flobo and isa and i are usually alone on tuesdays we work with flobo on fridays typically and I just got to say, like, you know, as a kid, I used to sit in my bedroom and play radio, which would literally be like when you see that family guy clip of Stewie talking to his stuffed animals, um, you know, pretending he's on the air. And I have to say that I've, I've done actual radio before. I've been very blessed to work in a variety of broadcast roles, um, journalism. I've done a lot of things in my career. And I have to say that it's like doing this podcast has been the single most fun thing I think I've ever done in my career, because not only do I get to have conversations with interesting people, I get to interview people that I admire and find interesting, but I love this community that we've built up in the wrestling Inc. podcast. So when I see the same names week in and week out, and the fact that you all make part of your NXT viewing experience, uh, and a SmackDown viewing experience coming and hanging out with us after whether you hang out live when we do this, or you watch it on delay, like that's really awesome. 
and it means a lot to me. And believe me, there are times, I mean, my love affair with wrestling has had a lot of breaks over the course of my 47 years on this earth. And I think in the last seven years doing this show, every time that I might feel a little underwhelmed by the product, a little less passionate about what I'm watching, being able to hang out with all of you and know that this is a little community and family that we've built here with Wrestling Inc. I mean, for me, that's really what keeps me excited about doing this week in and week out to not only spend time with my co-hosts, but to spend time with you all, the, the audience. So uh, I just want to thank you for coming out and Cisco um, 323LA. Thank you so much uh, for your love of me and Raj and Matt. And, you know, we're together again on gigantic pop on YouTube talking about pop culture. Um, you know, and I couldn't pick a favorite co-host. I mean, with Issa, Issa originally started out as part of this audience and, um, was interacting and then uh matt and i were doing an after show on the the stereo platform we liked uh isa's attitude and we you know invited her to be a guest and then quickly she became a co-host now she's one of my best friends so it's very funny how things work out in this world right i mean it's just kind of crazy and i'm very grateful and thankful um and just humbled by all the support and encouragement and love that we get from you all week in and week out so thank you so much for all your support. But yeah, if anyone has any questions, anything you want to know, um, we've got time tonight. So I would, you know, love to just hang out with you all. And I'm glad that you're all here. It's very exciting, uh, to kind of think about where we're at with wrestling now that rights deals are coming up, that ratings, you know, uh, they ebb and they flow, but I feel like wrestling still gets hotter and hotter. What's changed though, is that people don't feel the need to watch it every week because there are podcasts like this, there's social media, there's all these different ways to interact with the content. You don't have to tune in live to stay up to date on wrestling. Um, so beer money has an interesting question. Who are the top three NXT talents that could go to the main roster tomorrow and three main roster talents who could flourish in NXT like Corbin? Well, going to the main roster, I mean, look, Braun Breaker is overdue, right? I think we all agree on that. And I would say Carmelo Hayes as well, except we got to have that storyline with Trick. It's too hot to leave NXT without them having a one-on-one feud. But the other one that I think is, you know, uh, I'll give you two more that I think are ready. I think Tony D and Stax could, could very well go to the main roster. And I'll say Tiffany Stratton. I think Tiffany Stratton, um, even though her championship reign was maybe not everything some of us hoped it could be in NXT, I think her character could work very well on the main roster. I don't know that she would be in the championship picture immediately, but I think there was a void for that sort of character. I think Tiffany Stratton would do very well on the main roster. And I think she'll be there sooner rather than later, which in fact, I think, um, I think that's part of the reason why she's not the women's champion anymore. I think she's going to move up sooner rather than later. Uh, beer money asked for three main roster talents who could flourish in NXT like Baron Corbin. It's interesting because you almost need somebody that's not being used to their full potential. But that being said, if Becky Lynch can come to NXT and have, you know, a six week run, I think anything is possible, right? I mean, uh, the question is that you need someone who they aren't using at the moment. And that's what makes it a bit of a challenge even in thinking about it, because the unfortunate thing is that when you're out of sight, you're out of mind a lot of the time. But um, looking at the the roster right now, it's uh, interesting to think about who could be sent back down and really have something interesting happen with them. Um, so yeah, let's look at it. I mean, I think that AJ Styles has been taking some time off. It would be interesting. I know he's done some things in NXT, but I think it would be interesting to have him get uh, a little more 
experience there. Wait a second. This is interesting. Uh, no, I'm looking at the wrong thing. Pardon me, folks. Um, I think that looking at the current talents, um, carrying cross would be a pick because we've heard some stuff that hasn't really worked out with him getting a repackaging or repush on the main roster. So I think that could be interesting. Um, Oh, Tamina's still on the SmackDown roster. I was not aware of that. That's interesting. Um, well, let me look at Raw. But yeah, I think Karrion Cross would be a pick that I would have to go back down to NXT for a bit. It would be interesting to see. Uh, yeah, actually, you know what's really funny? There's, I mean, there's not a lot of talent that's not being used currently. See, I thought I was going to look at this and be like, oh, there's this person and this person and this person, but seems like they're actually doing a decent job of utilizing everyone. I mean, I would pop like crazy to see Sami Zayn back in NXT, but I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon, right? Just doesn't make sense. Um, Yeah, Beer Money saying if The Miz hadn't just had a push, I would say, I mean, The Miz is just, Miz in NXT for an extended period of time would be amazing. Uh, Ricky Zadavio, thank you so much for saying I'm your favorite host. I appreciate that. That's really, really nice. Really nice of you. I appreciate that. Um... And uh, Beer Money is saying, I think Roxanne could go up to the main roster. Bernie DC saying Blair Davenport could get that post-mania move up. Look, I'm just going to say this about Blair Davenport. Blair Davenport was the, the parking lot attacker. Blair Davenport has to stay in NXT until Nikita Lyons and Wendy Chu and Sol Ruka come back and beat the crap out of her. That, that has to happen. That has to happen, right? That's that's the payoff of all payoffs. I don't know. Um, okay. Well, hey, guys. This has been a trip. This has been a journey. This has been an experience. Thank you all for hanging with me tonight. I think uh, Friday, it's going to be me and Issa, maybe Flobo, too. It'll be back to normal. I think that, though, you know, this was a good reminder tonight. In the past, we have had Wrestling Inc. nights where another co-host wasn't available, and I was like, ah, I don't want to do the podcast alone. But seeing that, you know, uh, hundreds of you have turned out tonight to watch this live, you've stayed with, you're commenting, you're chatting, you're participating. I think you all have changed my mind tonight. And in the future, even without a co-host, the show must go on. And we will keep doing this because I know how important this sense of community and this coverage of NXT is for everyone. So, hey, everybody, if you like the show, like, share, subscribe, leave a comment. Please be kind. This was, this was definitely new tonight. And uh, yeah, everybody, I'm sure I'll get more comfortable with it when I do it alone the next time. But cool. Everybody, have a good night. Have a good week. And tomorrow night, tune in for AEW coverage. We'll see you back here next time on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game.
the meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.